0: Welcome to the Back in Business podcast.
1: On managing debt as a small business owner or freelancer, she's Liz Barkley, the queen of the scene. She writes about small business.
0: and he's the well he's not the big banana of business broadcasting because that's Mickey Clark but he has had an electricity failure
1: (laughs) oh give over he hasn't paid the
0: bill (laughs) he hasn't paid the bill so the small banana of business broadcasting (laughs) Whitman Curry is sitting in the hot seat this week (laughs) there must be a word for small
1: banana if anyone knows what it is email us or tweet us
0: no please don't (laughs) We're taking a look at the fraught finances of small businesses and freelancers. We're talking to two of them about the debt situation that they find themselves in. And we're talking to an advisor who spends his day helping small businesses and freelancers to get themselves out of or at least to cope with uh, their problem debt.
1: And we have Martin Stepek, who's the boss of the Scottish Family Business Association. He's been working with family businesses for 20 years. Martin, what is the big picture where
2: you are in Scotland? Hi, everyone. I think for me, the, the thing that really struck me this week, just quickly, was an announcement by Ovo Energy, who own Scottish and Southern Energy here. They're closing their offices in Selkirk. Now that's 380 jobs. Selkirk is tiny. I mean, Selkirk's got a population of less than 6,000 people. And the nearest places around them are Hoyek and Jedburgh, Kelso, it's in the borders. And they're only like 4, 5, 10, 15,000 people. And this just shows, I think, the scale of the human cost that's going on here. When you lose that number of jobs in a small place, it's going to take years and years, maybe decades, to recover. So that's the thing that jolted me, kind of out of the normal, big, news stuff. That's the microcosmic reality, I think, that's going on.
0: And um, Martin, am I right in thinking that this has happened before in the borders, where the one big employer, uh, I think, shut down, if I'm right in, th- right in saying?
2: Yeah, and I think it's part of... You know, what, what Westminster would call sort of regional policy, is when it's rural, you try and get a big employer in there to fix the problem. But the problem then is when they shift, then everything goes back out. And this is what we've been arguing for decades now with the Scottish Family Business Association, is so lots of roots, you know, lots of small businesses everywhere and they're much more robust because they're a longer-term proposition.
1: Yeah, and you can have that big business create a supply chain of lots and lots of small companies. That, Martin, is when it's successful. It's when they come in like a great big Martian implant and leave no trace at all on the landscape and then disappear again. That's when you have the trouble.
0: But Declan, that's what we've been trying to argue back in business, that we want to see those small businesses, the local businesses, the freelancers at the top of the pyramid uh, where we can see what they're really doing and how they're really bolstering the backbone of the UK economy.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, what I've seen in our research over the, the decades, everywhere in the world, is... Family businesses and small businesses tend to be geographically rooted. They don't up sticks and go somewhere else because that's their home territory. You know, that's where they were brought up. That's where they live. That's where they've got loyalty to. And so you don't have this shifting and changing.
0: Uh, Declan, I don't know about you, but I seem to have heard about nothing but job losses this week.
1: Yeah, and lots and lots of big numbers as well. You know, we've had Rolls-Royce cutting 9,000 jobs, and that's going to have the same effect uh, as uh, Martin uh, described in, in the Scottish Borders. It's one big employer, Rolls-Royce. Uh, 9,000 jobs going there, but how many other jobs are going to go at small engineering firms across the East and West Midlands who are part of that company supply chain? Uh, there is, though, Liz, I noticed in the economic statistics, yes, things are terrible, one or two faint faint glimmers that we may be over the worst they are very very faint the economy is still shrinking but the slowdown is itself slowing down
0: i'd love to believe you Declan. you know that but i'm not putting any money on it yet
1: <laughs> and of course um, it assumes no second infection
0: exactly and there may be a sting in the tail um i'm the only woman on the podcast this week where are you all you female business owners and freelancers we are on www.backinbusiness.org.uk email us at contact us at backinbusiness.org.uk find us on linkedin and we are on twitter at business underscore back now the various business loans were put in place by the chancellor to reduce the number of businesses going to the wall and to save those jobs and freelancers have been applying this week for the self-employed income support scheme but the big problem with all of these schemes is that the money has got to be paid back and i'm joined by tony silver who runs white house mortgages tony you help people who need mortgages but what's happened to you when you've needed a bit of help?
3: It's not just people who want mortgages I help. I also help businesses looking to raise finance. Um, now, the biggest problem is the banks. Uh, the banks and also the councils. So let's start with the banks. The banks have been accredited by the British Business Bank to pay out these government loans. They are not sending out the money they 're holding on to it as if it 's theirs, unbelievable um,
0: but we 've heard about the fact that something like twenty two billion was paid out by the end of last week, and yet you 're saying the money isn 't getting where the money 's get not to.
3: getting out to where it should be um, i 've been banking with Barclays, one of the big banks. my company's twenty three years old i 've banked with them the whole twenty three years, not much longer because I've been, I was waiting and waiting and waiting just to get into their systems to apply for the loan. I lost patience, opened the account with Starling, took about a day. Uh, As soon as I got my card through and they were accredited, I applied for a bounce back loan and hey presto is in my account within just over a day, day and a half.
0: Can you tell me something? Can you tell me, Tony? Um, A lot of people have said to us, we've never had to borrow before. If it hadn't been for this circumstance, we wouldn't have borrowed even now. Um, And we've never been in debt before.
3: Well, I don't know about not being in debt before, but um, a lot of businesses have been relying on their personal credit cards and personal loans to prop up their businesses. So to take out a business loan makes sense because it's tax deductible. So why wouldn't you take out a business loan, especially at two and a half percent on the on the bounce back loans? So when the c bills came out, the banks ran riot. The, I I saw quotations of up to twenty one percent and it, and asking for personal guarantees. Uh, I heard one poor person t- took out a loan at HSBC. So it's not just a Barclays thing; it's a big bank thing, uh, and. They took a debenture. Unbelievable. These are loans. The, the, the C-bills were loans that were guaranteed 80% by the government. What on earth are the banks doing? I contacted Alok Sharma and Rishi Shunak and I copied in my MP. I said, this is, um, this is ridiculous because the pre-COVID price of that type of loan was three to three and a half percent above base. So what on earth were they doing charging uh, at the lower end 7% up to a higher end 21%? Ridiculous. Uh,
0: Martin, did you want to come in? I saw your, I saw your hand waving. <laughs>
2: <coughs> yeah, just, just briefly. Um, I mean, Tony's absolutely right. Family businesses and small businesses, I mean, Tony's a great example of this, you know, 23 years you're running. When you've been running that long, there's a culture And I think a lot of family businesses and small businesses have got a cautious long-term culture, which means that they don't generally want to take on debt, because debt, if you're not able to pay it back, is the great danger. So there's that side of it. Um, But the other side then is banks have a culture. So the government have been giving money to an entity that's got a culture of their own caution and their own interest. That's just the way they're made up so in a sense it's where are you putting the money even if they're meant to do it another way even if they're compelled by law to do it another way they will culturally resist doing that just instinctively even despite the crash and all the horrors that came from that
0: so should they bank should they have done something else should they have given it to somebody else to hand out
3: yes the the, the treasury should have just done it directly.
0: Let me bring in Mark. Let me bring in Mark, who joins us from Business Deadline. Mark Ashford, you're a you're a money advisor. You're advising small businesses. What's what's the big picture as far as you're concerned? Are there a lot of people like Tony out there who've borrowed where they wouldn't normally have borrowed? Who've now got to consider how they're going to pay that debt back? Yeah,
4: um, hi, hi there, Liz. Um, that is definitely one of the things that we're seeing at the moment that um, people have tried to get. The, uh, the bounce back loans and the other initiatives that the government have, have put out and they're finding it difficult. And then they're worried what is going to then have an impact on their ability to continue going as a business. So yeah, it's, it's definitely an uncertain time for a lot of people.
0: But how do you advise people in that situation?
4: It really depends on a lot of their own circumstances at the moment as well. Um, again, as, as what the consensus has been is that you get some people that if it wasn't for for the coronavirus, they wouldn't be speaking to us at all. And for them, it's it's very difficult for them to to, to kind of to uh, to look at things in a way because everything's so alien to them. It's just a case of making sure that they get all the help and support that they can at this moment in time, and hopefully they will get over this particular scenario and we'll be able to to be better um for the businesses that are already struggling i guess again it's very difficult conversations that sometimes you're having with them about well can you work through this can you bounce back later on um and and, and what's the best thing for them at that point as well
0: well one more person to come in is ben coates uh ben you're managing director of now is it moogies or Moggies or?
5: <laughs> Muge's Media. Mugis. Mugis Media. Mugis yeah, yeah. Media,
0: Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But I looked at your, I looked at the list of things that you do, uh, weddings, food festivals, flower shows, business exhibitions, horse racing and dro- drone work and I thought uh, this man's not going to be working for quite a long time.
5: What's well, the situation? Well, just, just at the end of January we, we I've had the business for four years and we've just come to the stage where we could actually take out a loan to, to get the drone certificate because the, the permission for commercial operations is with the CAA and that allows you to do commercial work for drones. And it's a big investment overall, including the, the initial drone purchase, the insurances, because we're a company that likes to be fully insured. It's, it's £4,000 and we took out finance for that in January, did all the qualifications in February. And then, of course, so that a lot of that money had gone, a lot of the loans and had gone because it's been spent on the courses. Then coronavirus hit, which okay, it hit, and there's no problems with that. But then we had to take out a bounce back loan. It was the only way of financing because limited company directors seem to be a forgotten area. So we took out the bounce back loan, and it wasn't just that we took out the bounce back loan. It's an emergency fund. So an emergency to me means twenty four hours, like they were quoting. We actually bank with NatWest and it, we actually, at the nine o'clock on the Monday morning when it was announced, we, we put in what was called an inquiry form. So they didn't even have, have the application on online. We then got the application form about midnight on the Monday, got the application form back, didn't hear back till Wednesday night. You're talking a week to get the money. That is not acceptable. When they needed bailing out, they had the money that day. Now, I, I understand why, why banks need you bailing out. I do understand that, and that is not the point of what I'm saying. The point is we helped you out. Now you need to help us out. So so the debt I've now got is double because of the coronavirus, but that's that's the way business works because we can't recoup what we invested in the drone uh permission for commercial operations. Uh, we can't recoup that back because, like you said, there's the events we do.
1: But, Ben, are you confident about your ability to then pay that money back because as Liz said right at the start of this podcast the uh, these are loans this money will have to be repaid out of your business operations at some point in the future
5: We'd planned for two years Declan for the drone, we'd looked at it for two years and we'd planned to repay that back so the extra debt we've got is only um, is serviceable um, so yeah, I am confident we can pay it back because the drone, we can get out there quite quickly at social distancing
0: Look, this gets more and more complicated the more you think about it. Um, Mark, you're at the, the sharp end of all of this. You're getting all of these businesses coming to you with stories like Tony's, with stories like Ben's. What, what, what on earth can you say in these circumstances?
4: Yeah, it's it, it's a really difficult time at the moment, and we have definitely seen a, a spike in the, the the numbers of of calls that are struggling with this at, at the moment. Um, a lot of the things that we're saying is to make sure that all the all the the lenders the banks the um, gas electricity companies anyone who is uh, um like a, a creditor in the strictest sense of the term that all these people are aware of the business's situation and giving the payment breaks the payment support um, and any other help that they may be able to get at the moment and just really yeah um trying to ride things out at the moment when things stabilize we're talking about making sure that they look at their income and outgoings we go through a budget sheet with them and and that will then help them on their long term um, solutions to try and deal with these debts, but obviously that 's going to be something that may not take um, uh, it may not be as quickly as as we 'd like to to actually get something in place for them
5: yeah the, the thing for me is the bounce back loans were brought out because there was obviously massive gaps in the funding, and that 's fair enough, and that is obviously covering the gaps, but everybody else is as a grant available what i 'm a member of the Fsb and what I've lobbied through the FsB is that if people take out a bounce-back loan, they're showing a bit of faith in the system. They're saying, look, we're going to take out a loan, which we're going to pay back. Why can't those loans be grant-matched? Because then the, 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 the people that are falling through the gap are getting the extra support, and the grants then will be will be tangible.
0: Declan, we've been saying that. Why can't these be grants? Is it, is it just down to the the Treasury doing the figures and thinking to themselves, we've got to attempt to get some of this money back somewhere?
1: It's purely down to cost. Uh, The the cost of the loan guarantee itself runs into the hundreds of billions of pounds. If they were then turned into grants, that would be a similar amount uh, for the Treasury. And the Treasury is running a slight risk here because... it's given a 100% guarantee to the banks that if the businesses can't or won't repay this money then the taxpayer will step in and foot the bill. There's a survey that's uh, in the uh, press this morning, Friday morning uh, which shows that anything up to around 40% of small businesses either don't expect to be asked for the money back or don't plan to pay the money back which means that the nightmare scenario for the Treasury is that this money will in effect become grants anyway because an awful lot of small businesses out there won't repay it.
0: But Mark it's going to become grants anyway because uh, a lot of these businesses will simply have gone to the wall and won't have anything with which to pay it back. I mean some of them but you can't save every business that comes and phones you at business deadline.
4: No unfortunately not. So um, Sierra I think that the government will have to expect that they'll, they'll have to take a hit I believe definitely.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's useful to take a step back here and remember where we, how we got to this situation. This isn't a normal economic downturn. It's not even a normal financial <laughs> crash, you know, even though they're abnormal. This was everybody just getting on with everyday life and then an unprecedented pandemic hits and the government switches off the economy. So therefore, it was not the business people who were responsible for their own problems. Now, nobody's disagreeing with what the government have done because it's such a massive tragic thing that's going on, but business people should not be having to take out loans to tide them over for something that someone else in society caused, and that's the government. Now. You could put it a bit like the way that in Scotland when we were shifting the student loan situation into grants again or, or no, no payment. Whereas if you can't afford to pay it back or you're not earning enough, then you don't pay it back. So it could be that you get a loan and if you're seen in your profits over the years, that you then repay But if your profits are still low enough, then there's no need to repay. So there should be a, there's some degree of natural justice has to come into this.
3: Tony? The grants should be paid to companies that work from home, as well as companies that are in premises. There should be a grant. There should be no difference to paying my business, to Ben's business, to Martin's business. I'm sorry.
0: I'm my business. I'm Declan's business. <laughs> exactly. Look,
3: my 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 wife is a mobile hairdresser. She works from home. I don't work from home. I work from an office. Why can't she get a grant? She can't. She she's not entitled to absolutely anything. It's ridiculous.
0: Declan, there's a question for you. Um, an as our business editor, uh, come on. Where's this? Where? What do we do about this?
1: Yeah, it's one of a number of gaps uh, in in the scheme. The uh, businesses operating from home didn't get the same amount of help as businesses uh, that operated from premises, and I think that's a function just of how government thinks that uh, it's the, 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 the that the help was given to businesses that were visible to government, and that's businesses in shops, in offices, businesses working from home much less visible uh, and probably more complex for the tax revenue officials to draw up a scheme that reaches all of them. This sounds a bit like I'm making excuses for them but I'm just trying to imagine how they would have thought their way through it. There was clearly an order of priority in this whole scheme of help for business and industry so the help went first of all to the big big employers to stop massive rises in unemployment then there was help for some self-employed people and we discussed that in last week's programme and then iteration by by iteration, finer levels of help were given to smaller and smaller numbers of people.
0: Well, we're going to have to make small businesses and freelancers and those people working from home much more visible to the government. Um, And that is our job and that is what we're trying to do here at Back in Business. Uh, But it's really interesting that you should say that. Mark, I just want to... Ask you, has there been a rise in? I mean, we've we've heard the head, we've seen the headlines. You know, there's been a rise in the number of claims for universal credit, etc. Um, but do you think that the people that you would normally be dealing with are now heading down that slippery slope into the welfare benefit system?
4: Quite potentially, um, yeah. We speak to lots of different people in lots of different industries, um, and obviously, you've had um, certain certain businesses such as taxi drivers where their income they're living hand to mouth a lot of the time and they don't have any employment at the moment there is no uh, opportunity until everything gets back to normal and then you've got other people down the line that they're going to have um, the issues now, but because of their industry, such as people that work in the entertainment industry, um, you know, um, people that have, have planned festivals this year that have been cancelled, and a lot of people's income comes from a very short space of time, and they're not going to get that income for this year. And so unless they, their business is able to diversify, they're going to have a, a lot more of a difficult time until the next wave, uh, the next wave of, of, of large income for them. So it's very difficult.
1: I wonder, Mark, is this the next thing that the government and the Treasury then need to start thinking about how to help business deal with the amount of debt that has been built up during this crisis? So not just help to get people through the crisis itself, but also then how you deal with the accumulated debt in the years afterwards.
4: Yeah, I would definitely like to see something like that happen. Um, again, the, the government were, were really quick to explain to landlords and to mortgage lenders that no action should be taken. And I think that, that really that thought process needs to follow on to say, well, you know, when paying back these debts, look at that person's situation, look at their ability to pay. Um, you know, It may take a very long time in some cases. In some cases, it may not it may not be something that they're able to pay back, but definitely look at it by a case by case basis.
0: Mark, just one last point from me, and I'm worried about the gig economy. Are you seeing a lot more people working in the, who have been working in the gig economy, who, you know, are in dire straits,
4: yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of conversations that I've had recently, um, funnily enough, have been from, from people that have had uh, a, a, an issue now where they've had contracts that have been cancelled and there are things that they were looking forward to be doing and then that's basically dried up for them now. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of concern for them that until things get back to some sort of normality that it's going to be very difficult for them and in some cases depending on what happens with social distancing in the future they may not be in a position to get back to what was normal for them in the first place Um, so yeah it's a there's a lot of complications definitely
0: okay um ben you're desperate for a final word there
5: yeah, the key, the key now is to get moving forward. We have to get moving forward. And this debt, as you say, is a lot of debt in the country. And the grants are debt, let's be honest with about things now. The grants are debt, so we're all going to have to pay them back somehow. The key now is to get things moving a, 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 a very safe, uh, a safe way. And uh, let's get things uh, back up and running.
1: On a totally different matter, Ben, what's that dog behind you?
5: It's a greyhound, Declan. It's a greyhound, not a tiger. It's a greyhound in a t- as, a, as a tiger. There you go. Uh, and how, how
1: is it I coping was... with working? How is it coping with working from home? Because it's been doing an awful lot of pacing forward <laughs> and back
5: while we've been talking. Uh, uh, my daughter's actually got her own YouTube channel with the two dogs. a so training universe. She's only she's only seven. <laughs> <laughs> maybe and Bones thought... doggy training.
0: <laughs> I There's he the entrepreneurial the future. Was fun... <laughs> I thought he was fundraising, Declan, because I've seen him <laughs> round and round and round the sofa. <laughs> He's a beautiful, an absolutely beautiful dog. One of the things about doing podcasts this way and being able to see into people's living rooms is that this morning already I've seen about three cats and ten dogs. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, we need to we need to draw this to a close, and I need to say thank you to Ben and Tony and Martin. Uh, but Declan, just before you go, is there any good news, please? Come on, there must be some good well, look, news somewhere. Here,
1: here's, so, here's something that cheered me up. There's been a lot of uh, attention this week given to McDonald's McDonald's reopening its drive-throughs. But I saw that McDonald's, the Golden Arches, were beaten to it by one small rural cafe near Port Maddock on the edge of Snowdonia in North Wales. This is Eric's cafe and campsite. It looked at its business. It thought, "We can't let our customers in the door, so let's totally transform our business." And they turned themselves into a drive-by takeaway, and they got their business open up and running a day before McDonald's did.
0: What a brilliant, what a brilliant idea! We want to talk to Eric, please, <laughs> uh, Mark. Uh, Mark, a very, the very final word to you. Business Deadline is a charity, but you are there to help.
4: Definitely. Yeah, we are uh, an organization that our our only job is there to give people debt advice for small businesses, the self-employed. And uh, we do have a lot of information on our website. There is a fact sheet that is updated regularly that has lots of information about how to get help because of the coronavirus pandemic. So definitely have a look at our website, businessdeadline.org
0: and we'll put the link on our site as well thank you uh, you're one of our you're one of our partners uh, so we will have the link there thank you all very 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 much indeed for joining us in the meantime tell us how's your business doing will you survive what keeps you awake at night email us at contact us at backinbusiness.org.uk come to the website find us on LinkedIn or we are on Twitter at business underscore backin. and next week we're talking to the small business commissioner Philip King See you then.